Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. You know, today I want you to think about eating. More than eating, not just food, not just snacking. I want you to think about feasts. What have been the most important and formative meals that you've eaten? Maybe you have a family tradition where it's somebody's birthday and you all go out for a special meal at a restaurant or, or somebody makes something. Or maybe it's Thanksgiving. Maybe Thanksgiving is an important time for your family. Or maybe it's like Christmas or Easter um, or some other holiday. Maybe it's like 4th of July with barbecuing and having all the family over. Or maybe there's special food or meals that your, your, your family makes. Maybe your grandmother or your grandfather was really good at cooking. Um, regardless of your culture, regardless of where you are, meals and feasting together are important elements of what it means to be human. It's how we connect. It's a sense of belonging. And often those meals are incredibly transformative, actually. They're transformative. They change us. Jesus is no different. There's this moment near the end of his life where Jesus has a meal. It's traditionally called the Last Supper, where he and his disciples eat. And Jesus says, I have eaten eagerly wanted to eat this meal together with you. Now, this meal actually would have been a traditional Passover meal. Jesus is going to infuse this traditional Jewish feast with new meaning as he goes to the cross and dies and takes the place of the the Passover lamb, the sacrificial lamb. Um, He kind of identifies as that. But this meal also has all sorts of relational edges to it. Jesus is actually eating a meal with his disciples. And so today we're going to talk about what that means. And I'd love for you, even as we talk about the importance of meals, to think about what are the most important meals that you've had in your life and how does how does feasting play a role in, in, in the transforming of the way you think about yourself, how important meals are. And then just to realize that Jesus used meals all the Think about how many times Jesus uses meals to either change someone or invite someone in or to let them know they're included. He eats at you know, Zacchaeus' house. He eats uh, with Matthew. He eats um, in, in, the, in the house with sinners and tax collectors and invites them into full participation in the kingdom to follow him. Jesus uses meals all the time. And a lot of times people are angry at him because he you know, broke social boundaries. But what he's saying is, look, I have come to you. I'm, I want to eat with you. And so there's this there's this invitation. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Last Supper, its importance, its meaning, not just to the disciples, but to us and what that looks like. Mark Averill is here, excited to have him here. And so with that, let's just dive right in. And also, I'm kind of a little hungry. All right, hey everybody, welcome to the afterword. I'm here with Mark Averill. Mark, oh my goodness, man, this is good. Okay, get so we're talking about you. meals. Yes. Uh, so before we get into it, I'd love just because uh, I made a mental catalog of some of the most important meals of my life. Now you shared one. Are there other meals that, as you look back on your life, were either the best thing you've ever eaten, or I love I love those kind of meals where you're like, man, this really is the best you know fill in the blank I've ever eaten, or super important meals where something like really happened that was like super transformative. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. You want to start basic with just the food ones? Most of mine are just food. (laughs) (laughs) I think we went out the other night and had Korean barbecue. That was pretty stellar. Uh, I did get 
meat sweats though. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> Do you remember little, the name of the? Was it local? Yeah, it was uh, ten butchers or whatever. Ten. Oh man. Yeah, I think it's ten butchers. Yeah. It's good. You know, the best way to, to eat Korean barbecue is to go with David Kim. He's the one. He's the source. He, he knows what to order, how he, much to... Well, he doesn't know how much to order. He no. just orders it all. <laughs> just keep it coming. It's unbelievable how good he is at that. I've been to I've been to multiple Korean uh, experiences with him, and he's he's the best. Um, any other meals that you think about? The I best mean, ever. Because you and Lisa, you guys have traveled. Your son's overseas. Yep. You've gone to places. The best fill-in-the-blank you've ever had. Yeah, actually, well, the... <laughs> Uh, Italy was pretty hard to beat. I mean, um, that yeah. was, you know, I shared a little bit about that. Your son was, was in Italy, right? He's he was three years. He was yeah. two years in near Venice and then a year in Milan. So yeah, we wow. traveled quite a bit in the Northern part. You know, well, the one meal that I think of, of course, would be when I asked Lisa to marry me. Oh, that was over a meal. Mm, yeah. Where was it? Can you tell that story? Yeah, we went, uh, we were in Portland, we were dating. And so we went to this place called Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> it sat right on the river. I think it's the the... Oh, wow. Beautiful. Is it the Columbia that runs? Yeah, yeah. East yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So right there. And um, I. it was her birthday. It was her 21st birthday. So we were young. Getting wow. Was, it was her 21st birthday. 21st birthday. And I remember... How long um, have you been dating at this point? Uh, since she was 19. She mm. came to our Bible college. I was two years older. I am oh, two years older. Yeah, her, yeah. So, so you've been uh, dating for two years in college. That's an eternity. Yeah. And well, and we... Had, and we maybe it was three years because 21... Uh, we got married after dating four years. So, oh, I see. Uh, I see. But so, yeah, I mean, um, we're sitting down, it's her birthday. And I remember giving her her gift with a card. And I remember her great disappointment, um, because I handed her, um, uh, like a teddy bear and she's all like, Oh, thank you for my 21st birthday for giving me a teddy bear. And I'm like, you know, do you see it? Do you see it? And she's like, huh? And I tied uh, the ring around the teddy bear's neck. And then so when she saw it, I got down on a knee. Oh, my god! It was gosh. a great meal, but it was the occasion. Yes, it was yes, the yes. Big, the big thing. Uh, and what'd she say? She thought about no. <laughs> We had some hurdles to overcome with her parents. Oh, uh, what? Really? Yeah, yeah. I think they just thought her, well, that her folks had just gotten divorced. And so that her oh, mom was man. pretty like, hey, you Are you sure careful. marriage is real? Yeah, yeah there's be a careful. little bit of the jaded, the gun shy, and yeah. some of it warranted. You know, I tried to. Um, you know, tried <laughs> some of to, it warranted. Well, I mean, we were young. Oh, sure. You know, I see so what you're it's saying. like, and had no money. Sure. I, I, I literally had a um, a blue Pinto. You did not that I bought for two hundred bucks that you had, had bald a pinto. tires. On oh my it. gosh, you're skidding <laughs> around in the Portland trap. rain. <laughs> yeah, right. Were those right. the ones that were uh, unsafe at any speed? With completely the, unsafe. I think if they you, had the, a gas tank in the back. That could, could, if you got hit from behind, you were going up in flames. You were going up in flames. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah, and even for you. Uh, yeah. Oh, news. I, I have. I have. Uh, well, I remember the first. I, I didn't propose to Nicole over um, like a meal, but I remember. Remember the first time her family came out for our wedding mm. so i got to meet all of her extended family for like this big like pre-wedding meal and i remember we were at um a, a valley fair mall at the cheesecake factory oh yeah and it was i don't know why the cheesecake factory it it, it, it was kind of nice for us at the time at the time i don't know what it was it had its moments yeah sure Everybody whatever going but there. So, yeah it was like 20 years ago yeah, so yeah and i met her meet her sister and i'm like oh this this woman is uh something else <laughs> and so I get my meal and she reaches over onto my plate and takes some of my fries, her sister. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
She's like, in our family, we're all family. We, we share food. Oh, and I'm like, goodness. in my house, <laughs> my fries are my fries. <laughs> so that was. Joey doesn't share food. Uh, that was the beginning of that. So I just, I met, but that, that occasion of all the families, yeah, my family, her, my mom and dad, and then all, it was just everyone together. It was like, that was a, that was kind of a big meal. And then the other one I remember um, is when my son turned 14. Hmm. It was, he was about to go into high school. Um, I had like Jay and Andy and David and Josh Fox oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all these guys come and we all took justice out to Korean barbecue Ah, and each guy kind of gave a bit of advice yeah. and like kind of a memory and like an encouragement to justice. Yes. And it yes. was like this kind of, and I don't know if he, re- he remembers like all of those words that were said to him. I do, but I know he remembers the fact that the Korean barbecue just changed his life <laughs> as it's known. Yeah. To <laughs> as it's known. No, those are super. Yeah. Powerful. It was really cool. Yeah, uh, um, the opportunity for men. I've been a part. Well, you remember Sam Talbert? Of course I do. So uh, John pulled us a bunch right, of us together. Right. And Same thing. And yeah, you're just, in his life, and yeah, you just see how powerful. Well, we talk a little bit on our talk about what does it mean to be blessed by God. Right, right. It made me think. I'd be curious, you know, how you process some of that too. But it made me think if it's okay to get into this. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, one of the side things I did just some thinking. It really didn't have any room to talk about it in our teaching. But what does it mean to be people who bless other people? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I belong to a worship leader network here locally. And one of the things I'm learned from, I've learned from some of the other guys that we meet with um, is this idea that when we gather, so we'll have tech people gather, sometimes 40, 50 of us will gather um, at these meetings. And the three or four guys that I kind of co-lead it with, each time they're like, hey, we need to honor somebody. We want to be a, pl- a place where we honor, a cu- have a culture of honor. We talked about that for sure. Westgate staff and stuff. And I'm just watching them kind of take time to go, hey, um, so like there was a, a person who'd been in, in the Valley for years and years and years, super faithful. How can we honor him as just a, a, a legacy person? Hey, here's a guy who serves at a small church. He's just killing. He's actually a great musician, loves Jesus, but... You know, um, small, small church. How can we honor him each time we've gathered? And it's cool to see how truly powerful that is. I mean, obviously, we talked about what does it mean? So it's a bunch of guys who, like, take some time and, like, kind of call out the impact the other person has. Yeah. And maybe kind of say a little bit what that person's meant or how they've seen the faithfulness or attributes of God kind of played out in their life. Is that kind of thing? Yeah. It's it's somewhat character because some of uh, we're related to these guys and know these guys and stuff and somewhat character driven. But it's also just acknowledging um, people who can go unseen and just see the incredible faithful job that they do, high caliber, you know, musicianship, but also high caliber heart for God in places that might be not really recognized. So how does that relate to block? Because honor and bless are interesting words um, all through scripture. How do do you tie those two together? Like, how do you think about it? Yeah. I mean, I think honoring is a, or blessing is a form of honoring, you know, uh, kind of thing. And if we, you know, what was it? The Latin word is to speak well of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's honor, right? So I think to say, to, to speak, you know, acknowledging what this person is and has done. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's funny to me. So one of the first meetings we did, unbeknownst to me, because I've been in the Valley for a number of years and related with these guys, they honored me. Oh. And they just, and I had no idea what was going to happen, um, called me up uh, kind of thing. And I, I remember how awkward I felt. Huh. But I also remember what, I still remember it. And I still remember some of the things that they said and how it fueled me in this beautiful way. And it made me think this is a valuable thing to do because 
Um, I think what for both ends of it, for the blesser and the blessee. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, you know that they get an opportunity to 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 be encouraged in that way. Um, it just works on both ends of it. I just think it puts wind in your sails in a lot of Absolutely. ways. Absolutely, and I think especially you know how hard it can be to mm-hmm. be in ministry. Yeah, um, and you know week after week, you know you do your tasks and stuff like that, and to get somebody just speaking into it, your life that way. Man, it just enlivens you. And actually, I take it from the voice of God. I think that's the voice of God to me. I think, you know, if we're in the body of Christ, if we're each other's hands and feet, when somebody says something like that, I'm like, and that's true, you know, meaning, meaning like yeah. um, they're speaking from a vulnerable, honest place. I receive it in that way. I'm like, that's the voice of God just saying, hey, keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. There's a, a couple layers to the, we, we talked about this a lot. The word bless is misunderstood in our, our culture. Hashtag mm-hmm. blessed right. is often about, hey, God gave me some cool stuff, or I'm, I'm now wealthy enough. Like the rain has fallen on my fields and I have a thick harvest, right? Yeah. But, um, in the New Testament, the word blessed is used a lot, and it's never about material possessions. Mm. And um, I, I, I thought that this was good. The, the The Greek word translated blessed in the passages that we talked about yeah. is makario, which means to Not be... Not makarena. No, no, than- that, that is different, <laughs> which means to be fully satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 the the word bless is to speak well of, but then there was another definition that you you found. Uh, I think it was from I forget who it was from. Was it Rich Viotis? Right, uh, um, right. About how blessing actually calls us to be the people that God has created us to be. Mm. And there's also an, an, an instance of um, receiving God's favor and His presence, regardless of what the circumstances around are. Mm. So, like um, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So that's not always easy, mm. but it's a good thing, right? Blessed are those who, whose lawless deeds are forgiven, the psalmist says. So that blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, James says. Color that in. So how, then how is that being blessed in that sense? Well, I think definition? in that case, because if your lawless deeds are forgiven because of your repentance, God's presence can come into you and you are now cleansed. Uh. You become the person that you're meant to be. We're not meant okay. to be lawless people. Right. We're not meant to be outside of the rule of God. We're meant to be with God and keeping a statute. There is a peace that comes from knowing you're right with God mm. that is really rich. And there is a, a lack of peace that comes when you know that you're not Hmm. that sense of being unforgiven or needing to be forgiven or know that you have deeds and regrets. That is a heavy, heavy burden. The the weight of sin in the new Testament is called a debt. And the weight of sin in the old Testament is compared to a weight, Hmm. whatever way you want to look at it, weight or debt, it's, it's heavy, right? Hmm. So to have that forgiven is a giant, is a giant issue. Hmm. So I think that there's an aspect, that's what it means to be blessed. Not, I, I got a new uh, Tesla. Right. Not that te- there's anything wrong with Teslas. Not wrong to be right. grateful for it. No, yeah. and I do believe that there are people in this valley, I've seen them in our church, who God has gifted with the ability to make tons of money. Hmm. And they actually actually find more blessing in giving it away hmm. than they do in keeping it and spending it on themselves. That that being said, if, if you want, if you have a yacht and you'd like to invite me, <laughs> if you're There's out there listening, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm there for you. That's funny. Um, but anyway, th- I love that idea because we talked about a part of part of the um, the Last Supper is Jesus blessing, right? And um, and of course he would he would bless, um, not only blessed the bread, right? But um, like his whole ministry was kind a lot of blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bless. It was I think that all the disciples would say it was a blessing to be near Jesus as he did whatever he did. You know something was because it's the presence and 
the indwelling of uh, the the presence and the and the hope and of the God. accessibility to God. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, sure. which is unbelievable. The, yeah. That's that's the incredible thing. Yeah, agreed. Um, the 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 part that's a little harder. I'd lo- I'd like to get into this. The blessing we get because that's kind of like oh we receive, but then uh, Jesus breaks the bread, hmm. and so we talk about we talked about this a lot. I'd like to delve into this because. Um, you know, I don't, when you take communion, I was always taught you take the, the wafer or the bread and they say, and his body was broken and you, you break it as Mm. a kind of symbol that Jesus was broken for you. Were you ever taught that as a, as a practice? Like if there's a wafer, you crack it, you know what I mean? Do you, have you ever, do you do that? Never. Really? No. It was like a thing that was, and I was, I didn't grow up Christian. It was like taught to me that. Um, when you have a communion wafer or a cracker or a piece of bread, you you break it. When they say the body, of, this is the body of 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 Christ broken for us. Yeah. You tear it as a symbol uh, that Jesus broke Himself for us. Well, no, our probably, wafers are really small though; say, they're tiny. Hardly, it's like it's a little. <laughs> it's a tiny. Chiclet. It's a little chiclet. You got to try to. Actually, it's interesting you say that. I do remember actually people saying. Now Jesus' body wasn't broken. Remember, it said no no bones were ever broken. Uh huh. And so I remember having to dance around, like, well, how do you explain the fact that it, he breaks? It? You know, what I mean, it's like, right? What was he? What was really? What was really getting broken? Oh, interesting. Because uh, you're right; no bones were broken. That was one of the prophecies. Uh, when I say his body was broken, I think I mean he died. Like right. he, he, life was his his separated from right, right. Because yeah. his he was. I mean, he was beaten. He was flogged. He was tortured. His body, quote, broke. His heart could no longer beat okay. because of the strain and the blood loss. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Th- yeah, that's, yeah. Th- so physiologically, the the toll on his body broke broke his, his not that any bones were broken, but his body was broken physiologically, right. medically. Right, right. So that's kind of what I think of. Like anyway, his, so to, yeah, yeah. To, to your point, then I always thought, well, I don't want to. Oh, that's you know. so interesting. But you're right. That's part of the the Passover, right? Where they take the that's yeah. what they do. They they snap the bread or yeah. Break it. They break it. Yeah, yeah. The, the the matzah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a slightly different thing. But okay, let's talk about the breaking though, because Jesus was broken because of our sin. But then one of the things that um, we were talking about was that um, at the t- at the communion table when Jesus invites us, which is the beautiful thing, he invites us, he takes us, whatever, he blesses us, but then he breaks us. Right. So talk uh, that that. <laughs> That doesn't seem like a good thing. I don't think most people would be like, oh, that's a good thing. Now, it is. I believe it is. So talk about how you see the beauty in that, because I think a lot of times people would say, I'd prefer not to be broken. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I think unless you are broken, if broken means breaking you of your self-will, your self-reliance, your mm-hmm. self-dependence, how would you ever participate in God life if that wasn't broken from you. Oh you know, man, that's taken. good. So I think, yeah, it's kind of come to that realization that it's necessary for me to partake of God's life in me by, that's why I love Jesus saying, Hey, here's the one requirement, you know, die to yourself, take up your cross, follow me. It's like, that's the, that, that die, of, take up is that's, that's gotta be breaking language, that's right? Right. 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 Die to self requires some, well, also when he starts off, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What's yep. the doorway to the God life is repentance. Yep. It's this kind of recognition of God is the rightful place King and that I have not. 
that maybe that's does that you think that strikes modern ears really strangely? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think most of us look. Hey, you're presentable on the outside. There's sure. nothing, but I think that's why I do love that passage that you know Scripture says we are enemies of God, that we're actually innately opposed to in our in our fallen nature we're opposed to any kind of surrender especially you know to any kind of bigger than ourselves kind of thing we want to be captains of our own ship yeah boy so i think the breaking Hmm. is essential for us to partake oh that's it's a tough pill to swallow very but it's it, it strikes me as profoundly true. So for you, I'd be curious, how how do you position it in a way to the modern ear? Yeah, boy. That's that's a way to, to receive it. Um, yeah, I think that that's, a, that's a, a very powerful question and one I'm not really sure. Um, it's really hard to convince somebody that they're sinful. <laughs> If you if you if you sit down and say here's all the ways that you have messed up and are sinful, they're probably not going to listen. Instead, I try to look for people who I, I it's clear that God is moving on them hmm. because when God's spirit comes, I think there is an illumination that happens. And that illumination is just how good God has been to us. Hmm through the person of Jesus and that illuminates. But then there's another side of that, which is how I have not been that to God. I have messed up. I have fallen. And perhaps there's a litany of things that come to my own mind. Mm. And so I think that that's the word. uh, I think the word in the news is godly sorrow. So it's not sorrow. Like, I'm sorry, I got caught. It's, it's grieving and there's a spiritual component. It's my relationship with God. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not like, oh man, I got caught. It's not like sorrow or worry or fear. It's this broken relationship that you know you have with God. And I really kind of think that there's no way to really argue somebody into that. Hmm. I I really do think that that's an act of the Holy Spirit. He brings about um, uh, repentance or conviction. You know, he convicts, you know, that's one of the Holy Spirit's roles. When you say that, it reminds me, um, so for the last year, I've been kind of using as a prayer prompt uh, a passage out of James. And he says this one place where he says, um, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Then the next part speaks exactly to what you just said. Grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. And I think that's exactly what it is. It's that sense of recognize the the soul damage that sin does to you and let it have its gravity. Let it have its weight. Let it have the the godly sorrow that is produced from acknowledging, confessing. Yeah, I think that that connects a lot for me when you say that. What is that, James what? Three, maybe. Okay, <laughs> I, you just you rattled I use it every you, every you, day. No, no you rattled it off. And yeah, it's yeah. it's so it's, fast. It's the posture, uh, the part where he's talking about humble. Uh, yeah, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's the section of it, which is opposes the proud and, and gives grace to the humble. That's repentance, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, it's all about not being self centered, being God centered. Um, so I I think in essence, I, my 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 larger point I think is that. Without the Holy Spirit, I don't know if that mm. message really makes a whole lot of sense. I don't think you can convince somebody into it. But I do think that when you think about, like, for example, when I talk to teenagers, like, I think about, like, if you had, like, a, a streaming service, and that streaming service, like, just streamed onto the screens up here, your 10 worst moments mm. in front of everybody, like, how would that make you feel? Mm. 
I think for most people, they couldn't show their face yeah, to shame. anybody. And, yeah. So I think, um, and that shame has a, has a weight yeah. and it is crushing. And sometimes we hide or we pretend. And sometimes it's the stuff that we do. Sometimes it's the stuff that was done to us mm. or the stuff we didn't do. You know, there's, there's all sorts of regret and shame. And so I think people really can access that, but I think it's so uncomfortable in our modern world right. that um, I think we try to move on from it, numb out from it. And instead, I think it's better, like like this passage in James says, to really do a thorough self-examination. And David says, you know, when he realizes how far he sinned, he says, create in me a new, a clean heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that word create is the Genesis word, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, that God created. Basically, you're going to have to reform my entire you're going to have to do a completely new thing. Yeah. You're going to have to do a new act of creation within me because that's how messed up I am. And I think that that's a wonderful place to be. Absolutely. And I think that, that and in fact, it's not a place to be one time. I, I, I really it's think it really is. I really, I really do think it is. Well, and piggybacking on that, one of my favorite parts of that verse, creating me a clean heart and renew a right mm. spirit. And I've always translated that. I don't know if it's technically right. But I've always translated in the way of, um, help me to be willing to get back in the game. Yeah. You know, to keep p- applying effort to living um, in the flow of God's grace. Right, in, right. In, in the ways that holiness helps me anticipate and, and enjoy the goodness of God. That's well, what holiness The word does. right means straight. It's so, it's uh, kind of like a straight path. Like, help yeah. me keep going in, way, in your ways. Walk in your ways. You so, so that, yeah, totally. Renew the straight the straight path spirit, you know, the, yeah. the, a spirit that wants to do that, that that's interesting. Yeah. I totally agree. I endorse that. Um, man, that there's a lot in that. There's a lot in that. Uh, now we didn't talk about this, but there is also the opening beauty of the invitation. And hmm. I, I just think that that's really a beautiful thing that, um, he uses a common food, just kind of simple, you know, bread. It's, it's bread is what, like, isn't it just wheat and flour and, or flour and water? Ordinary. It's really simple. simple. It's just, it's like, it's a simple staple in every culture has something like that. Right. Um, whether it's tortillas or cornbread in the South pizza, pizza. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Or pita or whatever it might be. Um, and then it's common people. It's just yeah. these ordinary teenage kids, you know, and, and Peter and who's probably in his twenties, they're just ordinary nobodies really. And he invites us into, into that. So to, I, I'd love to talk about that because I, I do think that there, there's something incredibly beautiful about the radical inclusivity of Jesus's invitation. Um, I just think there's something, something special about that. So I'd like, I'd like to end on that. Okay. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, you look at the room, like you said, uh, the Last Supper. I mean, those guys probably didn't make the cut to be rabbis, young mm-hmm. rabbis followers. You know, they were just, and so you look at the professions that they went into. They, you know, pretty ordinary kind of thing. It just is a good, good reminder that, uh, you know, they weren't religious all stars in any way. <laughs> you know, they weren't the cream of the crop. And I, it's not that you know people of great brilliance and stuff. I, I just think for all of us, there's a sense with which we all see ourselves through the light of ordinariness. You know. Ordinariness? No, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. and so um, I think there's something that's winsome and inviting about that, and um, is disarming about it in some ways. Um, that we're all kind of welcome at the table. 
You know what struck me, and we didn't have time to get into this, and we'll talk about it later, and I think probably in later um, later sermons, is Jesus had to share that meal with a guy he knew was going to oh. betray him. Well, in a room full of people who were going to abandon him in, uh, hours later, right? Yeah, yeah. but he kind of probably knew that those guys were four. I mean, 11 of the 12 would give their lives, yeah. to, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, so he's, or 10 out of, sorry, 10 out of the remaining 11 would literally die for the message. But one of them was literally going to betray him mm-hmm. in hours. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, I could not eat at a table with someone who I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, but Jesus still offers him the bread and the wine. And I, that is astonishing to me. I think all aspects of it. Because the other thing I, in, in my thinking about it also, well, number one, he'd been having meals with that guy for you know, years, years, yeah, right? And yeah. so you knowing all along that you're serving or washing the feet of or all those kind of experiences. Um, but also, you know, reflecting back on that idea and looking at all the people that um, he related to who were in process with faith and he was completely okay with the process of that and being around people who were on all different places of the spectrum of moving toward God, moving away from God, questioning. What, and I just, there's a part of me that really, as I thought about the ordinariness of people coming, but also just the regular um, uh, journey that people were on and, and just the incredible amount of patience that he was willing to have. Yeah. As people were thinking out loud and responding in ways, you're like, dude, you really don't get it. You know, that rich young, you really, you really don't see. And he just lovingly, I, I'm, I'm amazed by that. Just thinking. His invitation it. to continue. I, my, my, oftentimes I, I'm, I'm kind of filled with judgment. I'm like, well, you should have gotten it better. Absolutely. Or you say that you're, but you're, let me tell you why you're wrong. And that, I think that that's off putting. And I think his, uh, radical inclusivity and invitation is is pretty shocking, and the reason why is because I think Jesus knows you come travel along with me, you're going to be changed, hmm. and I think hmm. that the radical inclusivity is so that radical transformation can happen because hmm. it's going to happen. He's God. <laughs> he's just he's too he's too good. You you're, can't be helped but be around him well, and be touched in that way. Or well, you're either going to spiral straight up to heaven, <laughs> or and this is the other opportunity you will spiral straight to to hell. Yeah, yeah. And we see that we see some people spiral straight to hell as they get around Jesus. Pilate, you know, um, some of the religious leaders, they spiral straight into hmm. um, participation with the beast as it were. <laughs> so, nah. But uh there's at least that opportunity to be close. Yeah. So, um yeah. really powerful stuff um and we didn't even really get to talk about the Passover implications of this meal. That, yeah. that I mean, there's so many links back to the Passover lamb. Jesus is explicitly calling himself a Passover, basically the the new Passover lamb. So we didn't even we there's we could have done a. I mean, there's a whole it's thing a series. That oh we man, done we, on seriously, it. because we could have just done the Passover meal and just said yeah. Jesus reimagines and reinterprets the images of the Passover and the celebration of God rescuing Israel from the enslavement to Pharaoh and his goodness there, Jesus reenacts that for all of humanity, you know, and, uh, but we didn't even have a chance. Do you ever find that it's mysterious why for as many years as those guys had been doing that meal, why, why more people couldn't see the connection between the Passover Mm. and Jesus as a fulfillment, as the Passover looked forward to the coming Messiah? Why was that so hard I don't know. It's, it's a whole thing, but it, I, I've often wondered, like, what what's missing in that they they couldn't 
They couldn't see that. Well, I think that, uh, like Paul even talks about this a little bit, just the idea that God would die is makes no sense. Mm. God doesn't die. Mm. He's victorious. He's the king. They had no, no one had categories for uh, a king that would die and give his life. Mm. That's just not the way you, you beat. That's not the way you win. Uh, you don't win by losing like that, you know? So I think that that category was just so outside the realm of that. And, and it took Paul some time to think and pray and process this, right? Mm. Even after his, his encounter with Jesus. Um, so how does Jesus become king of the world? Everyone thought, well, he's going to become king like every other king. Right. But he doesn't. He becomes king by dying. I, I, I'd like to give them a little bit. I think Jesus has a lot of patience for these guys. He's How many times is he trying to explain this? And he's like, oh, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then even the guys on the on the road, you know, to Emmaus, yes, they don't yeah. get it. He's got to explain it to them. And there's a lot of... Expl- <laughs> well, here's another thing that was on the cutting room floor for me really quick. Oh, yeah. Um, what I read through that story again, the, the road to the Emmaus. Where they get the light when they go, oh, it's when they have a meal. The meal. The meal. And oh, the meal. It's, it's like, crazy. When they have that meal, like, wait a minute. That's the breaking of the, right. you know, that kind of let, let lights go on for them. Well, think about food in the garden. The first thing is kind of invitation to food. You know, oh, yeah. you can eat whatever you want. And I've given you this food, right? And then God's with them. And then the, the first conflicts with food. Huh. And then Jesus's final meal is this intense, you know, meaning laden meal. In Revelation 19, we just did this lab in Revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revelation 19 ends with a giant, the wedding feast of the lamb hmm. and all are blessed to attend it. And there's a, a giant celebration. And then you, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it, there's all sorts of food. And I also thought about this, like the son of man, Jesus says the son of man came dot, dot, dot three times. And the three things that it said, he came to be served and to serve. Hmm. To, to seek and save the lost. So that's his mission. Yep. He came eating and drinking. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> eating and drinking is the way that he seeks and saves and serves and, and serves. Not Which to be... brings us back full circle to Korean barbecue. It Come does. On. I eating think a meal It does is... seem like when he says whoever dips, maybe maybe that maybe there's some kimchi. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know that I dip some things in. There's some delicious tips in Korean barbecue. Anyway, Mark, thanks for this. Uh, it was great. a wonderful, wonderful time talking. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And, um, kind of infusing communion with, uh, with, uh, with more meaning or just, it's always good to think about these things. I yeah. just think it's very, and it's preparing us, I think a little for good Friday for, That's for right. Easter. That's right. So I think it's like, even though this happened like the day or two before we're a little out of sequence. We're, well, we're out of the timeline, but yeah. it's just, we're preparing for Easter by taking these moments and and thinking about them deeply. So thanks for your time. Absolutely. And thanks I can't wait. Let's go. You want to go grab some lunch? <laughs> Green barbecue. <laughs> okay, bye. All right, just want to say thanks to Mark Averill for stopping by. And join us next week when we are going to hear from Steve Clifford because it is his final week preaching as a member of Westgate staff. He was our lead pastor for years and years, uh, two decades, more than. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about doubting in the garden, which is the moment in the garden when Jesus um, has to face his crucifixion. So we're going to we're going to delve into that with Steve. So uh, stop by next week and we'll see you then.